It's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 179 for the end of July 2021. I am one of your hosts, Steve from Survivor. I said the website. We don't need to say the website. Anyway. Well, I'm Ben from Survivor. If that's what we're doing, it's fine. And who else is here? Uh, Eleni's here. I am the new intern at Stevervore and very excited to be here and chat all things games with you guys. Excellent. Welcome to our special guest. Thanks for taking the time out to do this. This is this is part of her hours, of course, but it's after hours. So normally you're with us on a Tuesday. So uh, do you want to give a, a, a brief introduction so uh, our, our listeners and viewers can can know uh, how you've come into games and what you're interested in, all that kind of jazz? Yes. Well, thank you for the introduction, Steve. Yeah. So as I said, intern, doing some journalism studying at the moment, which is good fun. In terms of games, I'm a huge Nintendo fan. I've got my Triforce tattoo behind my ear that really cements me as a Zelda fan for life. I can never not like the series, which is a good or bad thing. Other than that, every other Nintendo title I love, things like first-person shooters, huge Halo fan, Gears of War, Mass Effect is probably up there as well. So yeah, happy to be here chatting with you guys. Nice. And you like, yeah, so you and Ben have your have your Nintendo love. I don't think Ben has a Triforce tattoo, but there's Not still yet. time. There's still time. Well, you got a new puppy, so that's good. And you're in lockdown. Well, join us. You're in the Cool Kids Club. We've been, yeah, this is our right. fifth lockdown. We're used to this. This We're is only the third your... one, so. Third, yeah, but it's only the first real one. <laughs> An actual one. Like, there was did... an incident with a drug dealer who was selling pizza or something. That one didn't really count, so something like that. Well, I think most Australians are in some form of lockdown. So if, yeah, stay safe. This sucks, but we'll get through it. Um, there's tons to cover. So we're just going to jump straight into it. Uh, Eleni, you had a chance. I've, I've been playing it too, but you've been playing it more. I think uh, you're the expert here, but uh, you've been playing Team Wibby's uh, Phantom Abyss. So tell us about it, please. Of course. Yeah. Well, like you said, yeah, um, Australian devs, um, Team Wibby, Queensland devs, they've created this new game called Phantom Abyss, which despite them maybe not liking the comparison, it is a bit of a Indiana Jones temple run vibe. It's a really awesome game, super high pace. So anyone who sort of likes that challenge, I definitely recommend checking it out as well as anyone who likes sort of traversing the tombs, sussing out those kind of vibes. It's got a beautiful art style art design super ultra saturated and really pretty Hmm. and yeah it's like really fun um i'm definitely struggling with the game i think steve you and i are both sort of bonding over our our struggle and you know snail mail pace when it comes to traversing there was a brief second when like so you interviewed uh ben from team Wibby not too long ago that's going to come up soon and you were having some pc problems getting it running so i'm like well you know like she, she can watch gameplay videos, but I'll, you know, I'll record some of my gameplay and make sure she has, you know, she's got a lot of coverage, you know, so she can be across it if she can't play it herself. And I was recording myself playing and I was just dreading having to send you the videos because I am awful. It's, it's this really cool setup where you, you load into a procedurally generated dungeon and you have to, or d- dungeon, temple, and you have to get to the end of it. And only one person will ever do that. And if you die, you'll show up as a ghost and it's either helpful for people who load into the the temple because they can watch what you're doing and and you know like know when to jump or you know avoid a pitfall that kills you or in like in my case I think I think you were saying something similar Eleni like it's it's just terrifyingly intimidating because the person just like sets off full tilt and it's just like I can't coordinate myself to do the things half these ghosts are doing and they don't make it because if they're a ghost they're dead so I don't know how my chances are in this game. 
yeah, I lose them in 0.5 of a second and then that's it. It's like they're gone. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, Sloan City, you know, wins the race. I feel like Steve will end up being the best players of Phantom Abyss. People will be asking us for advice and we'll be like, we've got you, boo. You know, we are the ghosts to trust, even though that would mean we failed. But, you know, right to the bitter end, we'll get there. Well, we'll keep sharing temples with each other and, and try to get better. And the good thing is, though, like some games that are this like a like a Dark Souls, it's kind of like a Dark Souls, I guess, because it's just you're constantly being challenged and you're usually going to die. But like a game like that, I don't like Dark Souls because it's just frustrating and I, I don't enjoy it. I don't find it fun. Even though I'm horrible at Phantom Abyss, I want to keep playing and trying new temples like it's not it's not a deterrent. It's part of its appeal, which is good. Yeah, definitely. I think that also comes with, like you said, the sort of ever-changing looks of the tombs. It makes it more exciting when, you know, even if you die after like a minute, it means, okay, I can regenerate, restart, have some more fun. But yeah, I do agree. Sometimes like games like Dark Souls and that sort of difficulty can just ruin and suck the life out of a game. But it's got a great balance of still being fun, still being a challenge, and it's beautiful to look at. So what more could you ask for? Exactly. And we'll have, well, yeah. So like I said, we'll have stuff on the website. Uh, if you're keen to check it out, it's in Steam Early Access right now. Something that isn't in Early Access on Steam, because I'm a great master of segues, Ben, is uh, an old, new, old Zelda game on Switch. So why don't you yep. tell us about that? Well, this is the forgotten Zelda game. If I asked you to name me which Zelda would you like to play, no one would ever say Skyward Sword. So that's what Nintendo has re-released. They've done three HD remasters in their career now. All of them are Zeldas. Sidebar, there's a rumor that's back again that they've done Metroid Prime Trilogy in HD and they're holding on to it because it's too early to release, which isn't that the most Nintendo thing you've ever heard? A HD remaster, it's too early. Everyone else is doing a 4K remaster, but Nintendo's like, no, 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 we can't run with the HD Metroid yet. Uh, anyway, that's not here yet. Skyward Sword is here. So it came out on Wii in 2011, like right at the end of the Wii's life. So I don't know if you remember, it came out with Motion Plus because the normal Wii remote was not good enough to follow the tracking. Um, kind of annoying if you didn't have one and you didn't want to buy a new Wii remote, you, you didn't have a choice. Um, but the whole idea was the motion control. So the entire game is basically Ocarina of Time's flow. So it's very linear, um, even less um, exp- exploration than that, really, plus Everything is designed around this kind of one-to-one tracking, which is not really one-to-one. That's kind of how they sold it to us. And it's finally come out in a way that I can play it and not hate my life because they, the motion controls work really well, but I just can't be bothered. Like it was such an effort. It's a 40-hour game sitting there swinging around. I love playing it with button controls. So uh, I know you're not a motion control guy. I don't know about you or Lenny if you're into motion controls. I just can't get into them, generally speaking. Um this was kind of the the example of this is what the Wii was meant to do and it works really well. This is kind of the follow-up to say all those innovations you did with motion controls, you could have done with Joy-Cons and um, a normal controller. So the motion is still there. It works great with the Joy-Cons, but it works better, in my opinion, with the Pro Controller on a TV. It's a bit hard to play in handheld mode. Um, this was actually an Australian-made game too. Uh, Tantalus, I think, is a studio who've done the remaster. So they did um, Twilight Princess, uh, so yeah, that's a cool little fact, which is not on the box at all, but they actually made this game in Melbourne in lockdown, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so it looks okay. Like the last two Zelda games looked really good in HD. This one looks a bit dated. They use like a cell shading kind of watercolor effect with lots of droplets on the ground, which are colorful and just pushing them to 1080 doesn't look that good. 
Um, but like Link looks really good. It plays pretty well. There's a lot of backtracking, which is what people hated about it. The big two improvements is you can move the camera. So like big deal in 20. Imagine that as an improvement. <laughs> you couldn't do it. But like, as I say that, well, there was no second control stick on the Wii. So there was no way to do it. So with the Joy-Cons, you can do that. You use it too, and you can just move it. In button mode, which is how I played, you use the right stick to move the sword. So you need to hold down the L button to move the camera. And I do feel like if they reverse, that would make more sense because the whole time, like I subconsciously play a game now and I'm always moving the camera all the time, any third person game. Um, but you don't use the sword that much. So I feel like cold L to use the sword would be better. But anyhow, um, the other thing they did is they got rid of like there's heaps of text in this game. And you know how Nintendo games work when they kind of the text scrolls and you just have to be like, yeah, come on. No, you're reading this. Yes, Back that's here. it. Yeah. yeah, I got the gist of it. Zelda's gone. I've got to find her eventually. Uh, you can now speed through that. And there's a Navi replacement called Fee who constantly would come up and be like, hey, maybe you'd like to check the map. And then you've been playing the game for 35 hours. And she's like, hey, do you know you've got bombs? I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> kidding me. Are you aware um, that you're, Z- uh, you're Zelda? Yeah. God, no. <laughs> maybe I do need her. Yeah, that Zelda. would be a big reveal. <laughs> that would be very confusing information. Yeah. Anyway, you can silence her now, basically. You can muzzle V, say, no, thank you. I've played a game before. Um, but yeah, so it's much more playable. I think they've fixed a lot of stuff. Very annoyingly, they've added a fast travel, but they put it behind a chunky Amiibo, which costs 35 bucks. And I think that's dumb as hell. I was going to ask, because I can see a lot of your Amiibos on your shelf behind you, but I don't yeah. see Useless. it. Useless. Didn't, didn't get it? Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> it's, out, it's outrageous that they've done that. But yeah, it's a good game. Uh, it's it's better playing it now because when it came out, everyone was like, this is way too linear. It's like hand-holdy Nintendo style, but also not because there's no quest log. That actually annoys me still. You start a side quest and it's like, if you don't remember, there's never any reference to it again. Like, you know, when I was a kid playing, well, I wasn't a kid. I was, how old was I? 10 years ago, 20. When I was younger playing this, I had plenty of time. I could just play it. Uh, now that I leave it for a few days and come back to it, I'm like, where am I? What am I doing? Classic, like old man level of playing a game. I need a quest log to remember what is happening. So that's a fault. So you need um, me to tell you is what you're saying. You need her but to she pop doesn't. Up you ask her and she just like, check the map. Like, oh my God, what are you even in this game fee? So Lenny, I'm ancient and Ben is, is slightly less ancient and you are slightly a lot less ancient than us. Is this, is this your first Skyward Sword experience or did you play the old one and now you're playing the new one as well or where are you coming into this i actually did play the original um and i don't know if you remember ben but when the game got released they released it with like the gold wii remote which i actually Mm. have um so i was like it was kind of weird playing it this time around i was like where's my gold wii remote i'm not gonna buy the joy cons um but yeah i definitely agree it was much more playable this time around but what was funny was i found when i started playing the hd remaster i was using the motion controls because like you said i could not get my head around and this is me just being incompetent having to hold down the left bumper to change the camera like it was just really bothering me and now i've gotten my head around it it just took me like a couple hours of like rejigging my whole thought process because like you said typically it's like you know the right stick or like left stick would be camera so it was very weird um but it's really enjoyable i actually love skyward sword and i often find myself defending it as a Zelda title because I really enjoy that it's a more sort of storyline-based Zelda. It is quite linear, but it's also really enjoyable. I love the soundtrack. I think it's got, like, the best soundtrack of any Zelda title. 
And I quite like Fee. You know, she's much better this time around, definitely less annoying. And one thing that I think is the biggest improvement, which is so ridiculous, typical Nintendo, is that now you no longer have to, like, deal with all of the items popping up and explaining them every single time you grab them. That was the most tedious thing. It's like, yes, I know what a green rupee is. I know what that is. I know what a blue rupee is. Uh, so does yeah. the cool music still play though? Like, of course it does. Okay, good. Well, that's oh, that's fine then. Okay, good. How else would you know if something's? Happening? I don't know. Yeah. Work Sorry, it out I touched... yourself. What? Work <laughs> it out yourself. Imagine that. Read Mu- the text. Music, yes. Text, no. Sorry, keep mm. going. Uh, but yeah, it's actually like I'm really enjoying it. Still making my way through, and I'm actually quite enjoying playing it handheld. Surprisingly. Uh, but yeah, it's no, it's good. I I think it's one of the better ones, and obviously the timing is perfect with. Breath of the Wild 2 seemingly moving up into the skies, you know, when when Nintendo do plan, you know, there's always a method to their madness. So I think it's definitely bought it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Do uh, you have the fancy fast travel amiibo? No. Okay. I got so upset because I saw that you could use amiibos and I was like, oh, so cool. I can use them. And then I realized it was just the one that I have to pay for and I will not be buying that, which is a shame. But uh, it's really good. I think it's bringing more love to Skyward Sword, and yeah, you know, can't go wrong with the Zelda game. I think. So mm. what? Okay, you have like one sentence to explain it because we we have to keep going on. Each of you favorite Zelda game, and why? Very quickly, why? Uh Majora's Mask because it's so weird, but yeah. great. That's uh, me. Ditto. That's it. Eleni. Uh, oh, she's thinking. She has a Triforce tattoo. This is kind of a rude, a, a mean question, maybe. Like, oh, I love them all so much. They're like my children. No, I think it always will be Ocarina of Time, just for nostalgia and just, you know, like quality. That's it. <laughs> was that your first Zelda game? No. It was. I have, uh, an older bro- I have an older brother. So I played Ocarina of Time on the Nintendo 64 and Majora's Mask. So, like, the true, the true, like, the if true. you can get through those games, with that interesting controller, you can really do play any game in any video game medium, I think. Yeah, it's like 12 frames a second on 64 as well. So it's a hard slog to get through now. It's quality. Well, and like I, we're not talking about this for very long, but I just couldn't stop thinking about it. You were talking about like motion controls and like, you know, like getting out of like camera brain of now. And like I, I talked to Tim Schafer, we'll get into that about Psychonauts. Like it's hard to play the old Psychonauts now because of like weird camera stuff. I maintain that the only game that's really better because of motion controls and like Wii controls is Resident Evil 4. I just like, I have my 360 here. I dug it out of the closet to play like Star Trek of all games, which was a horrible movie tie-in that Bandai Namco and um, I can't remember even who made it made. But like I had one achievement left in the 360 version of Resident Evil 4. So I started it and I played the whole thing on professional and I had to like tape my hand behind my back because I was so used to trying to spin the camera and it doesn't work in that game. It just, it breaks things. The Wii version of that game, you just held a little button and you could just like spin around and the camera was just like flipping around. It was like the best implementation of motion control. And because it was tank controls and like, you don't have to run and gun, you just had to stand and gun. Honestly, like the best version of RE4 that has ever been made. And I don't think the upcoming VR version is going to be any better. No, I will not accept comments. We're going to keep going. Um, And I have a really quick game that I've been playing um, that we put up the preview today, actually, uh, which is Aliens Fireteam Elite, which is the 3v, uh, uh, like three-player co-op, player versus enemy 
uh, multiplayer online shooter thing that Cold Iron Studios is making very much in the same vein as like Back for Blood or Left for Dead. Um, Left for Dead and Back for Blood are by the same developer and that game is coming out soon on Xbox Game Pass. So like free air quotes to like anybody who has that subscription uh, program. Um, so I don't think this is going to do well because it's coming out in August and a couple months later, like the the grandfather of all this, you know, genre is, is releasing its newest game. It's It looks really cool. It looks very Aliens. It's very much in the Aliens universe. It sounds garbage. It sounds like someone's recorded all like the gunfire and stuff from like a VHS of like Aliens from 1980 or whenever it was from. Um, they probably did. The audio guy's probably in lockdown and he's like, this is all I've got. Take it or leave it. Um, so, like, and I played with Hamish and Luke. And it was like, it was fun. But like you walk down a corridor and something pounces out and traps you. And then you got to like mash a button while your teammates can shoot at it. And then you get to a corridor or you get to like an open area. And there's like four, di- you know, like you're, you're looking forward. There's like a tunnel and you're looking to the left and right. And there's tunnels going out that way. And you look behind you and like, you're just like, I wonder what's going to happen. Are we going to get rushed by aliens from like every conceivable way? And it that's like, it's that. And then you go to the next instance where it's like that and you go to the next instance and it's like that um and i know that aliens kind of upped the ante and made it so it wasn't just one xenomorph and it was like ooh, there's multiple ones but like you're mowing down like hundreds of aliens by the time you finished a mission so it, it kind of like it's not scary it's not tense any longer because you're just like killing anything that moves um and then there's a whole bunch of like special aliens that are some will like bum rush you and explode with acid some will you know, like launch projectiles from afar. Some like, I don't know, there's two that were exactly the same, a predator and a drone. They were just like big tanking things that like messed you up. I don't know the difference between those. And like the end of a mission is kind of cool because like it really amps up the the tension and the difficulty. Like it, and you can feel that happening, but it's it's exactly the same formula over and again and again and again. Um, and like there's challenge cards. The one that I picked randomly, there's four classes one's a medic one you know like one throws sentry guns one has rockets i picked a challenge card where you like always were getting your health ticked away and every kill you made kind of gave you a little bit of health back but because we didn't have a medic class we were like it was impossible to regain the health you were losing at the same pace so like i just made it like incredibly artificially more difficult for like no fun reason apart from two xp like eh, like okay cool um so like it's it's good it, it, it's not it's not good i don't know it's i i'm really not excited to play it and you you can play it solo with ai but it's kind of boring so if you have a whole bunch of friends who are really obsessively into aliens i guess go for it questions probably not is it on game pass uh no it will fail Okay, so we'll so we'll play back the blood it. together. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it can't we can't beat the game that's on Game Pass, which is the same thing. Like, yeah, that's dumb true. Business move, anyway. Uh, so in the news, I had an interview with Tim Schafer, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, it's all up on the website. I don't know how much you guys want to talk about it. Have you guys been across it? Do you want me to like give you some like key points, or how do you want to do this? I haven't read any of this. I haven't seen your interview. I didn't even know you spoke to Tim Schafer. That's a lie. Tim. Um, Schaefer. I don't know why, why you, I said Tim. I was going to say Ben. Explain to us the highlights here and we'll give you our thoughts. Sure. Um, so Tim is called the acquisition of Double Fine by Microsoft, uh, one of limited integration. 
air quotes there that those are Microsoft word Microsoft's words, not his. Um, but he's summarized it by saying like, I don't have to think about money anymore. Like 50% of my brain was always devoted to like, whether or not we had enough, you know, funding to, to get something over the line or, you know, like how we were going to try to find someone to, to pick this up. And, and now he doesn't have to worry about that. He can just, you know, focus on the games he makes. Um, Psychonauts 2 was, was crowdfunded by Infig, uh, which is like a Kickstarter. Um, yeah, which he partially owns, right? I don't know. Sure. Ooh, I think so. I well, he was like part of the people who set it up initially because they didn't want to use Kickstarter. Well, they, I didn't know that. I feel stupid. That's missed opportunity. But anyway, yeah. So like um, they, this game has been in the making for like six years. They were getting ready to release and like, you know, cutting boss fights and this and that and the other. And then Microsoft came on board with like its truckloads of cash and now the boss fights are back in and all this, that and the other. So that's really cool. Um, and then like, it was funny because I'm like, oh, you know, Matt Booty, who's the head of Xbox Game Studios was like, you know, if they want to make Psychonauts 3, they can. We'll kind of let them do their own thing. Like we won't force it. But if they want to, yeah, we'll probably be open to that. And he's like, oh, I had I hadn't heard that. Can I can I get that link and I'll. I'll make sure I, I, I use that for, you know, if, if he comes back to talk to me. I'm, yeah. Okay. So it sounds like it's, it's not a bad gig working under Microsoft. Um, at, you know, you're not an indie studio, but also like you have a bit of security there and they're not, you know, like twisting your arm to, to, as he said, you know, like they didn't get us to, to port games or make DLC for Halo, which double fine doing that would be a very, very bad choice. So like, you know, they've, they've got them to fill a niche and that's good. Um, there's tons of accessibility stuff that they covered. It basically, that, that's just kind of going on their mentality of you don't have to get good. If you want to, you know, turn on invincibility and, and, and beat our game, that's just as, as valid as someone, you know, ratcheting up, you know, turning off the TV and playing, you know, like imagining what you're seeing on the screen. Like if that's how hard you want to make it cool, like it doesn't detract if you turn on accessibility or not, which is good. And like things like uh, Insomniac and Ratchet and Clank are doing that. Like, I'm really happy with this new kind of mentality across the industry, not just with this game, but, you know, with, with a lot of, like it started, not didn't start, but The Last of Us Part Two. Um, had a whole bunch of really crazy, awesome accessibility features. Like, and I'm, you know, mm. I, you know what I think about that game in some aspects, but like, you can't help but applaud trying to make it so more people can play your game and not feel like they're not good at it. Um, the game itself, it, it feels a little old school still to me. Like, with the combat, you, you have like a, Psy blast and you can hit people like Malay people and then you've got like another thing and sometimes you have to lock on and then flick the lock on to something else and you just feel like you're doing too many things and it's really clunky and some of the platforming feels like that as well but you know it's how much on of game it, pass try how much of it want. is combat versus platforming <sighs> what i played i played about four hours and it was probably more platforming than combat and I'd, like, I started to get better at the platforming, but it took me a really long time. Like some of the double jumps just kind of didn't feel like you have to like hit it right at the, like the height of your jump to kind of get to some of the places that you want to. And like, I don't know, it's just, but I'm sure you can turn on accessibility and make it easier if it's driving you nuts. So you can just start flying. That'd be good. That would be but awesome. Like, that's old school platforming is really hard. You need to get that jump perfect or else it doesn't work. So that's, I mean, Xbox doesn't really have a platformer. Not that this is an Xbox exclusive, but it feel it basically is as a Game Pass game, so it fills that gap for them. Um, and if you if you really think about it, like as much as Mario is the king of 3D platforming, the only one really, its combat is pretty clunky still. 
Like mm. you need to jump on Goombas perfectly. And it's a bit weird, especially in Mario Galaxy when you're kind of in this 3D space. So, and it doesn't matter because the platforming is so good. So it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. Like hilariously fun. Look, looks crazy good. Hilariously funny. Um, it's, it's really, I really like it. I like, I went back and started playing Psychonauts and it's that same old thing of like, ah, oh, don't use your right thumb. doesn't work. Yeah. You just got to use your left. Um, but it's like, it's, it's unplayable. That, that's free on game pass too. So like you can try it and if you hate it, you just don't have to play it anymore. So that's kind of cool for that. Um, it's like 120 up to 120 frames on Xbox series. Uh, it's not, it's, it's that thing of like, it's we're we're letting it be on every platform, but on, playstation it's a playstation 4 game that's backwards compatible on ps5 but like you whatever. know why that is why well, <laughs> because, because the the crowdfunding they said it was coming out to like xbox one ps4 pc probably wii u at that time i don't know if they stuck with that probably not nah. uh, so they never said ps5 when they took that crowdsourcing money so they don't have to do it now they can just say it's on ps4 you can play it on your ps5 that's microsoft's tiny little dig at like yeah we did it take that sony <laughs> Exactly. Oh, they talked about um uh on on the original Psychonauts thing. They didn't um archive their work properly, so like a lot of the stuff that was done to make that game originally hasn't been preserved properly. So if they wanted to do a remaster, they'd basically have to do a lot of it from scratch. So hmm. and like so they might like they haven't said we're not going to do that. Like they have the ability now. They have the funding to do it if people really demand it. But also like it it's. It looks really good if you're playing it in back combat on Xbox. It's just like that kind of mentality of an old school game where, you know, like the right stick doesn't do the thing that you're expecting it to do. That's quite astounding. Like you think when you hear stories about like the real, the original Final Fantasy VII source code is lost, they've only got like an updated version that happened later. Uh, then you kind of hear like this, that was like 10 years before. This is like a 2005 game, right? And they, they don't have it anywhere. Um, it's not like oh, that but, Mass but, Effect DLC that got lost, which everyone's like, yeah, one DLC, not the whole game. Pinnacle Station was garbage anyway. Yeah, um, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but like Final Fantasy is Square Enix or it was Square, I guess, at the time. Um, this this is like, I, I understand it from a Double Fine yeah. thing. It was pretty early in Double Fine's whole you know setup and i think they were with like majesco published it like yeah but you kind of think the other you think like the other way like little indie studios made their one big game they always wanted to make and no one kept it well maybe they'll have the chance to redo it who knows i don't know i was trying to think of a segue into sports from double find it's not going to happen uh a couple big sports things uh are you a, a basketball fan by any chance you don't have to be I have my moments. I, I'm a sports fan in general, so I wouldn't say basketball is my go-to, but I, I do like the NBA, so, you know, could do, could do. Well, we sat down with visual concepts really quickly. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming to NBA 20, 2K22. Um, uh, it's it's mostly that thing of, like, you have to have the good consoles, though, to get the, the real benefits. So there's, like, WNBA, My Career, and stuff on not next-gen, current-gen. I can't believe I said next gen, Ben. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't scold me. Yeah, I'm not happy. <laughs> um, my career in the city, like the the kind of social hub, are being merged on current gen consoles uh, and not on last gen. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff with my team, which just means that they want you to pay for more things, I guess. I don't know. I'm like, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I think it looks really good. Um, visual concepts, Eric, 
Bonch, but I don't know how to say his last name. Um, kind of like came out of like the thing that like surprised me the most in this thing that he was doing is he's like, Oh, you know, like we've made the only like real next gen game out there. And, you know, like even a year later, NBA 2K21 is like the next genest game you've ever seen. I don't know. Like Ratchet and Clank probably is, is one that I would use as a better example than a basketball game, but okay. Cool. They always do that because they, the players always look so good because they've been motion scanned in. So they always use that as a look how good this game is. This person looks like a person. So we're kind of past that though. I think so too. And I mean, it's kind of easy to make a game look good when you, it's for the most part, you're just releasing the same game over and over every mm. year. Like it's not like you're really adding much content. So if it doesn't look good, I would be concerned, you know, like that's basically the one job. Like it'd be a worry if it looked like a, I don't know, early 2000s, like wrestling game with those horrible, horrible visuals. <laughs> well, Visual Concepts has said they've, you know, redone, you know, the entirety of NBA for for current gen. And, and now like with FIFA, this is a good segue, actually, not if I call attention to it. Um, they're introducing hypermotion into their uh, current gen iterations of, of the next FIFA game, FIFA 22, which... Like, Ben, are you across this? Are you impressed by this? You play FIFA sometimes. I do, uh, but I'm not across this at all because FIFA has so many buzz terms. There's always some new buzz thing. Like, it's often nothing. Uh, did that thing come out about Ignite being a fake engine, not a real thing? Or did I just hear that in a pub and not meant to say that? Because I've definitely heard that too, and it's long past, so it's fine. It's, it was an yeah. old so this whole thing rebranded. At the start of last year, when they're like, on Ignite. This is so much better than 360 and PS3 because we have the Ignite engine for sport. And then comes out because some drunk guy in a pub told me one time there was no Ignite engine. They just rebadged the old one. And that's why they moved to Frostbite. Uh, well, some of them did. NHL still not on Frostbite. I don't even think it's on. About it's not even on Ignite. Anyway, sorry. sorry. Uh, yeah. So basically now whenever I hear some new buzz term, like, okay, fine. That's like the marketing guys have come up with this. You've added, you've tweaked something. It's the same thing. It's it's the, the same game every year. You expect it to look good. It plays pretty well. They have to focus on something. So they always like tinker with offense or defense or something. And sometimes it's better and sometimes it's worse than last year. That's basically it. So it's hard to get excited over the new sports game. Do you want the PR line for hypermotion? Uh, yeah. It's like machine learning to make yeah. animations look more realistic. And they've captured 22 players in an 11 v 11 game for like hundreds of hours to give you the most authentic football experience you'll ever get. Do you know what it did get? So because last year they released uh, the last gen version, then like two months later, the next at the time, next gen version came out. Uh, and the big difference was there's a new camera mode that looks more like the broadcast view. And it does look really good. It looks like what soccer looks like on TV more so than what FIFA does. But I've been I've been playing FIFA in FIFA view for so long that I can't play like that. It doesn't look like FIFA. It looks like real soccer, which is no good. It needs to look like FIFA for me to know what to do. So uh, yeah, too realistic. Eleni, do you play FIFA? I used to. Like my like fondest memories of FIFA were like circa like maybe 2010, 2011, when like Fernando Torres was in his prime at Liverpool. And I used to like play through like career mode as Fernando Torres and just like on the easiest difficulty score like five goals a game, which was amazing. But I, it's a hard thing where it's like, they're the same thing over and over. So it's hard to just really get invested, but they keep looking good. I'm a big fan of women's soccer actually. So I keep kind of holding out in like a silent protest for them to just come out with like a full giant roster where you can like have like 
epic like female like careers in like FIFA game. So I think that's why I've just like stopped getting into them because they haven't really done much in recent years, but they look good. So I guess what more can you ask for? NHL with a with a fancy engine and stuff, getting the same budget as it's all the other happen. sports games. Yeah, I know. Okay, let's move on. Hey, uh, you want to talk about dodgy budgets? Look at the cricket game, which just got an update. Like very good, but I mean, I mean, good on you, began, but it's it's still full of bugs, isn't it? Cricket nineteen years later, let's do a patch. They've now, they've charged for a patch, fifteen dollars to patch in some stuff. But anyway, it also good has on the hundred. Isn't that a thing? Is that a thing? Hundred. Oh, I don't know. You know what that is? That's England no. didn't come up with the 2020 leagues. So they're like, forget 2020. We're doing the 100. Anyway, it's, I'm not going to get into the politics of global cricket with you. Ridiculous. Uh, good on Big Ant for supporting local development. You've charged for a patch. Brilliant. Um, you know what Netflix isn't going to charge more for? What, Steve? Games? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's 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 hired a, a former senior VP of EA to lead a push into video games. They're going to focus on mobile games for the immediate future and release them to Netflix subscribers without any additional cost. Are you excited about phone games from Netflix? Uh, I have a question. Yes. As you would be aware, uh, Game Pass can't be on Apple devices because they need to have a separate app for each game Apple has just randomly decided. So will Netflix be banned on all Apple devices? Yes, unless you use a browser to access the game, I guess, in the same exact vein as Stadia and Game Pass. It should happen, but it will not. It won't. Uh, Eleni, excited about Netflix making a Stranger Things mobile game or something, I guess? Well, I think, I mean, to be honest, not particularly, but I think it's exciting in the sense of what it could lead to. Um, Obviously, yeah, we've seen in like recent years, Netflix are definitely sort of making a push to just sort of enter the world of gaming, you know, obviously having like something like The Witcher being like one of their big hit shows that they're really putting a lot of time and investment into. Definitely, I guess, uh, displays that they're looking to really get into the, the gaming scene. So not particularly excited about you know, the launch of mobile gaming, but I guess what that could mean in terms of future partnerships, future like other games. So it's an interesting take. I think, you know, they're really trying to just expand their horizons, Netflix. I think so many good shows, they just can after one season, but they're like, let's just get into the gaming world. So it's it's interesting, but it, it could pay off and it'll be exciting, I think. I like if they got into it in the ways that you were kind of like talking about, like they've made an amazing Witcher show, which is doing great. They've done a whole bunch of Castlevania, which has done great. If they made like a Dead Space TV show or something, I would watch that. I would watch that more than I would play a mobile Stranger Things game. And they did talk about the uh, Black, Beer- Black Mirror Bandersnatch, like the kind That's of it. choose your own adventure thing. That was really good. Like, if, if they made video games like that, like a choose your own adventure, like branching path thing that you would like watch more than you play, I would be down for that more than what they're focusing on to begin with. But that's just me. I think it would be unbelievably successful because they're going to go for like a candy crush type of thing. They're going to go for millions of people have this on their phone already. They're not going for us. Because like the reason why Stadia and Luna and the other five that I've forgotten aren't doing well is because it's like, here's how to play Assassin's Creed and the three other games you can get on every device, but worse. So they're absolutely going to go for that casual market who just wants to play an easy mobile game. 
you don't have to buy it. It's already on the Netflix subscription that you pay for. And some of them will probably be themed like it's the Stranger Things puzzle game. Like it's going to be real basic games uh, and millions of people have access straight away. Great. Um, no, thank you. Uh, I, I don't want those. I, I don't want a majority of, of like Nintendo Switch games because they're not my target demographic. But I might consider buying myself a Steam Deck, which is basically like a handheld PC thing that kind of looks like a Switch, but can play like super intensive PC games and like anything, almost anything on Steam. Uh, 400 bucks US. We can't get them here in Australia or pre-register to get them when they come out in December. But have you like, are you guys interested in getting a Steam Deck yourselves? Uh, does it play games natively or like to play Flight Sim? Do I have to stream it from somewhere? Because surely it can't play that. Uh, it can play, it can basically play anything that is on Steam. Um, and it's from the hardware well, itself. It can play in the same well, way that my like Surface a... Book can play it. And I know, blows I think up. They, they, I can't, I don't know the stats or the specs off the top of my head, but it sounds like it would play it on fairly decent settings so better than your oh, okay. better than your surface book um there's a Is couple gonna melt my hands off then i don't think so there's a couple like little asterisks right now like it won't play the likes of like rainbow six siege and destiny 2 and like those kind of multiplayer games because of the way that the anti-cheat works like it's it is a it's a it plays windows games but it's like linux based and the, like, I don't quite understand exactly how it works, but like it would load Destiny 2 and play it on ultra settings or whatever, but like it won't actually let you play it because of the oh, anti-cheat, okay. like blocking it. Um, but that comes out in December, so they might have that fixed. I would be more interested in a Steam Deck than a, than a Switch for, for if I'm being general about it. Really? That's interesting because I think I'm like, I think it's exciting. And initially I was like, this is awesome. And then I kind of thought about it and I was like, okay, so it's essentially like a handheld PC console and like reading more about it. They're really sort of pushing for like PC gamers to like get involved. It's the handheld console of PC gamers, but I was thinking about it and I was like, why would PC gamers want a handheld console? Like, I think the whole thing is, you know, like you think about Nintendo always having the Game Boy, the DS, you know, that really has always been attributed to like a more casual style of gaming. So it's kind of bizarre that they're really targeting the PC audience, but like, why would they want to play a handheld device when they have a PC? So it's, I feel like it's interesting and I, I don't know if it'll do as well as what maybe they're expecting it to. Even like looking at the layout, like the the stick layout looks a bit bizarre. It definitely looks like it's going to be hard to hold. It's quite big and clunky. Uh, so I think, I mean, time will tell, of course, it could be really successful, but I just feel like they're marketing it to the wrong people because it definitely seems a bit inaccessible to casual gamers. But then it's that whole thing where I can't imagine hardcore gamers would ever want it. So... It's yeah, it'll be interesting. It's trying to be a lot of things to a lot of people. Like it has a USB-C port and like you can get a dock or you can use like USB-C dock. So like you could, it's it's almost like a portable PC. So like you could take it to someone's house and connect to a monitor and like play it with peripherals, like an actual PC setup, but like not. Um, and I guess something that I think is really cool, like you can install whatever you want on it, like Windows things so you could install like dolphin on it and play old gamecube games or whatever on uh. your fancy steam deck so like you, it's like it, there's a lot of cool things about it but also like i could do that right now at home with my 
PC, which I'm sitting in front of. And like, I'm not leaving the house anytime soon. So why do I need a handheld version of what I have in front Hang of Hang on. Can I install the Game Pass app through Windows then? And you can run like Perfect. you can run a browser. You could do uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming. Uh, you so can that's put what on I want to avoid. Epic Game Store. Yeah, like you can do all the things. If if you can install it on Windows, you can install it on the Steam Deck. It's it's okay. basically a portable PC. So well, it's kind of cool, something. but also well, like you just have a PC. <laughs> you can stream all those Windows games to your phone, but it's a bit dodgy. So if I could just play them on a device, I'd prefer that. Yeah. Well, we don't know what the pricing is here because it's not available to us yet, but we will keep people informed as we learn more. Uh, one more, anything more? Yeah, one more thing in news because we have to talk about this. We'll wrap it up really quickly, I promise. Uh, so you know how everybody wants a Splinter Cell game? Yes. Is it coming? No. Well, kind no, not really. Uh, yeah. So I think we talked about it before, Ben. Project Battle Cat is like this weird mishmash of Tom Clancy's things. And now it's called x defiant which is basically like the xd like laughing funny emoji like it's so stupid it's you can play as ghost recon you can play as uh people from splinter cell but not sam uh echelon his faction uh and you can play as people from the division and it's like a 6v6 maybe 3v3 as well i can't remember shooter um which to me like doesn't have any appeal to anyone it just is a thing that ubisoft has decided to do and make free to play to try to get microtransactions and i think no one will bother moving Mm -hmm. from apex or warzone or whatever else they're currently playing for free to play for this yeah they need to compete with apex and it's not going to work ubisoft has lost the plot this year so i have no idea what they're doing or what their plan is yeah, yeah, I love that it's just this year they've lost the plot. I would argue More that it's so. been going on mm. for a while, but yes, this year in particular, they've really hit an all-time high. Do you remember Hyperscape? No? Oh, you don't? No. Oh, that's because <laughs> for good reason. Um, are either of you going to play it? I, I have zero interest in this. No. Yeah, no. It's a no. Well, sorry, Ubisoft. That was the easiest, fastest news thing ever. Ben, it's time before we finish up for our, our weekly or bi-weekly or how, no, not bi-weekly, fortnightly segment, which we have to do every, all the time forever now because it's yep. COVID. This week in delays. What's been delayed this week? Uh, well, speaking of Ubisoft, apparently Rainbow Six Extraction is delayed. This is the one that was called quarantine, right? But then they couldn't call it that because we were to really quarantine. It was called yeah. Parasite at some point. Yeah, it was. it's three names. There you go. That different game. And now we're up to extraction. It's been extracted out to early 2022. Uh, no surprise there. I mean, Ubisoft only released like 10 games all at once for some reason. We took like last year when they released Watch Dogs and Valhalla and something else. Uh, uh, the Phoenix. Phoenix Rising, like within two weeks of each other. Insane. So them getting some things out of the way of each other is not the worst idea. Um, but yeah, that's fine. Is Riders Republic also Ubisoft? Yep. I yeah, see. I don't know what's going on there. They've, you, you played that though, right? I've not, I've had hands We've off seen it. with it like twice. Okay. Uh, that's um, October now instead of September, I think. Mm-hmm. Eleni, we don't do facts here. We just do like, we stab at the rough, rough estimates. Yeah, yeah exactly. Based show. Uh, Resident Evil RE verse reverse. I don't know. It's one of those weird things. It's the multiplayer thing that was supposed to come out with Resident Evil Village. So, you know, was originally scheduled for May of this year is now 2022. Oops. 
and Ghostwire Tokyo, which is one of those Bethesda, the the two, one of the two uh, PlayStation exclusives or one year PlayStation PlayStation exclusives. Actually, that one's not confirmed. We know that um, Deathloop is just a one year exclusive thing, but I'm imagining Ghostloop. Ghostwire Tokyo would be the same thing. That's delayed into 2022 as well. Are any of you excited or not excited, disappointed, I suppose, of any of those delays? Uh, well, Ghostwire and Deathloop both coming out this year didn't make any sense. So that's fine. Although now it delays it a year to when I play it because I'm just going to play it on Game Pass. So I guess that's 23 for me. The others <laughs> I don't care about. There you go. Uh, I'd play the Resident Evil thing, I guess. But like they just did the Dead by Daylight resident evil thing and that's i've been that's my resident evil multiplayer thing right now Mm. not that anyone else cares that's fine all right well uh (laughs) good uh aledi where do we find you on things and it can just be at survivor if you want you don't have to give out your social media if you don't want to but where do we find you if you want people to know Wow, you really put me on the spot. Not yeah, that was awkward. I, so. Not because I, I'm I'm happy to put out the socials, but I don't know them. So we'll just have to keep everyone in suspense. But yes, I am interning at Survivor. So you can find me there for the time being. Brilliant. And we'll have up um, in the next couple of days slash week or so, your interview with uh, Team Wibby about yes. Phantom Abyss and maybe a review, which I don't think we can talk about yet because that embargo is not now. But there's tons of stuff coming from you. I'm very excited. Yeah, stay tuned. Ben? uh ben underscore salter on twitter and yourself uh s right a u because there's many s where on every on everything pretty pretty much only fans tick not TikTok, not only fans either actually everything else but those two things um and on that incredibly weird note have a really good fortnight we'll see you in a couple weeks see ya see you later